Okay, how are we all? Good. Yeah, some people aren't as good as us today, which is not so great. But um, I, I know we prayed for healing at the nine. And I know we did at the ten, and we yeah we did it. We did hear too. Isn't that wonderful? Great. So um, Sheridan, you may have heard he's um, at home unwell today. He was supposed to be in Asia today, um, but instead he is unwell. But he is getting well. Yes, he is. But it hasn't been nice. And Tim and James came down as well with, with um, maybe the same sort of thing. Yeah, well, it was, it's the real flu with Sheridan. Even he said, this is not just the man flu. <laughs> So, which is not, not good. But anyway, it's good that we're here today. Yes, and that was beautiful. Amazing. Yeah, thank you. I love that. The praise is yours. I'm going to share a little bit around that. The praise is yours, which is exciting. Um, we're looking at the book of Luke. And so, we're going to go to Luke chapter 6. And we're going to have a little look in there at verses 12 to 16. I'm going to share a couple of things from there. And then I'm going to go and share um, from that uh, some wonderful things that are taking place in our journey together as a church, as a church family. Uh, I want to talk about some miracles that have been taking place and so that we're all on the same page together, we're traveling together. These are exciting times. I think Pastor Ray just said that. These are exciting times. God is at work and so I want to share some wonderful things with you this morning. So first of all, we're going to go to Luke chapter 6 verses 12 to 16. It was funny last week. Uh, Pastor Dom, he was um, hassling us the way we say things like six and fish and chips and different things in his um, English, was it? Pommy, English, English accent. Yes. <laughs> anyway, Luke 6, 12 to 16. It says, One day soon afterward, Jesus went up on a mountain to pray, and he prayed to God all night. All night. (laughs) At daybreak, he called together all of his disciples and chose 12 of them to be apostles. Here are their names. Simon, whom he named Peter. Andrew, Peter's brother. James, John, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, son of Alphaeus. Simon, who was called the Zealot, Judas, son of James, Judas Iscariot, who later betrayed him. Interesting passage. Jesus prayed all night, it says. Wow. I can't say that I pray all night on a regular basis. In fact, I don't know if I've prayed all night ever. Isn't that shocking? But Jesus prayed all night long, all night. 
He was dedicated, wasn't he? Dedicated all night. Now, my funny side goes to, okay, he prayed all night. So he either wanted to do a really good job of choosing well, or he's like, oh, really? Those 12? Oh, I've got to keep praying all night. (laughs) But I don't know which way it was. But anyway, he felt to pray, or maybe he was being obedient to Father and praying all night. He prayed all night. But then he chose, and of course he chose well. Of course he chose well. And um, he, he chose these 12 guys. He chose 12 apostles. Out of all of the disciples, he wanted these leaders to lead the church. I guess start off the church. Exciting times for them at that time. He chose one of the things that stand out to me about these guys, these guys here, is that they've got to be guys, and I know from when I spoke a few weeks back around Levi and Levi who, Matthew, Matthew was called Levi, changed his name. Jesus said to him, he was a tax collector, and Jesus said, Levi, Matthew, follow me. He got up immediately, it said, and the book of Luke there, immediately he got up and he said, okay, and he went, immediately. These guys, I've got to say, these guys have got to be guys who say yes, who say yes, obedience. They've got to be, those 12 must have been ones where Jesus says, yep, they'll say yes. Like Levi, Matthew, yep, they'll say yes. Saying yes, I reckon that's, One of the factors that he chose these 12, they will say yes. And that's one thing I want you to take home with you today. Are you somebody that will say yes to him? Say yes. Say yes. Oh, I like it. Say yes. Nice. Willing to follow. Willing to follow. They're willing to learn, you know, that teachable spirit. Sometimes maybe we can say yes and not be so teachable. But a teachable spirit, willing to follow. Oh, yes, I'll say yes. Yep, I'm going to follow. What do you say, Lord? Oh, that's a little tough. Okay, I'll still say yes. I'll say yes. But we can't ignore here. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> it's quite hard doing three times in a row. <laughs> Can't ignore here Judas Iscariot. Now, poor old Judas, the other Judas. Man, there's two Judases. You know, he gets his name dobbed in a bit there, doesn't he? But anyway, these are all great guys. Judas Iscariot is one of them. Judas, somewhere along the way. Judas Iscariot. Sorry, Judas, the other Judas. Judas Iscariot, somewhere along the way. Pride must have entered in. Pride must have entered in. None of us are immune to that. None of us are immune to that. It's so easy for pride to enter in. I think that is a key, what Pastor Ray said before, an attitude of gratitude. An attitude of gratitude. But pride must have entered in somewhere along the way. And if you look 
at Mark 14. You can do that in your own time. Mark 14, it talks about um, the lady that, that anointed uh, Jesus, Mary, who anointed Jesus. She broke the alabaster jar of anointing oil over Jesus. And it was, they said, you know, about a year's uh, wages worth, worth a year's worth of wages, however you say that. Anyway, um, it was a lot of money. And she broke that. And so there were some there, and they say that Judas was, was one of them that was like, oh, for goodness sake, woman, don't waste all that money, all of that on Jesus, knowing that to Jesus. And Jesus then went and told them off. I said, stop it, don't talk like that. Told them off. And then, but then what takes place immediately after that passage is that then Judas Iscariot goes off and obviously a fence entered there as well, goes off and to the religious leaders and makes a bargain with them about handing Jesus over to them. None of us are immune to pride entering. We need to continually have the daily, yes, daily, yes, daily, yes to him, or an attitude of gratitude, a daily boasting in him. That's the second thing that I want you to take away with you today, a yes to him and a boasting in him. We need to be careful that pride doesn't get in. Maybe money, possessions, knowledge. Maybe, you know, some of us are are pretty smart. Maybe that could get in the way. But we've got to continually look to him and say yes and boast in him. So I'm going to give you these, these two things that I want you to take away. Yes and boasting. And then I'm going to talk to you a little bit around what has been taking place for us as a church family this morning. So he gives, he gives us, you know, Sheridan talked, you, did you watch the money thing earlier? Yes, right. Sheridan talked around, I don't think it was in today's one, but one of the past ones is that God gives us, you know, finance. God gives us, he gives us breath in our lungs. He, God gives us um, what all of, all of our possessions, or we could look at it that, oh no, I, I did that, I did that. But if we're looking to him constantly and giving him glory, it's a boasting in him, not taking the glory for ourselves of what he's already given to us. So that was a challenge from, from Sheridan. We need to continually look to him. We need to say a yes to him. We need to, sometimes it may be a realignment to him, a yes of a realignment. Yeah, I need to realign in that area. We need to sometimes say, well, yes, God, are you calling me to go and talk to that workmate or go and help that person in my class. Yes, God. Yes, I want to do it. Would you help me? Would you give me courage? And maybe sometimes we don't do that quite right, but realigning again, a daily yes, a daily yes in our spheres of influence. Our yes to him, obedience to him, our yes to him. Jesus had the same yes to his heavenly father. He had the same yes to his heavenly Father. Not my will, Lord, but yours be done. He had that same yes to his heavenly Father. 
sometimes our yes, just as we see with Jesus, he gets dissed or ostracized or mocked. Sometimes that's going to happen for us. Our yes may cause us to be mocked, ostracized, dissed. But our yes, our daily yes, will reciprocate a big, a huge yes from our Heavenly Father to us. Your yes qualifies you for His yes. Isn't that great? Your yes qualifies you for His yes, and He will give us strength as we say yes. So we as a church family have said yes to him. We are saying yes to him as a church family. And last week, uh, Sheridan made the announcement and stood up here, the elders and the uh, foundation trustees made the announcement that we have said a yes in purchasing the property around on Ruakura Road, which is a fantastic announcement, isn't it? This is a journey that we've been on for nine years Uh, in the journey to get to this point of going, yes, we're going forward. What I feel God um, is wanting us to do is to travel on this journey together very closely as a a church family. And so I, um, I felt him strongly say that we need to boast in him, say yes, and boast in him. And so as part of that, I need to bring you, we need to bring you on the same page and what he did to get us to this point. Miracles have taken place to get us to this point. So I'm going to share a few of these with you today so that we are all on the same page and boasting in him together, pointing to him together, praising him together. Yours is the glory. So... Um, I was privileged to be a part in, in a part of the process of um, this leading to this point. Um, the end of June, the end of June, a few weeks ago, there were three meetings that took place. I'm going to tell you briefly around some of these and some of the miracles that took place in this week. There was a week that miracles happened. Miracles are continuing to happen. In, in that week, there were three meetings, and uh, sorry, just before I go there, can I just share with you a vision that I had uh, of the church in the upper room, the church, you know, that in Acts, if you look in the beginning of Acts, the church is in the upper room together, and they're there, and you know, I saw them, and when I had this vision, I saw the church, when they're they were there together. It was, you know, they were instructed to wait for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will be sent, and and so they were there gathered together. They didn't, they didn't know when when Holy Spirit would would come, but they were there together. And I saw them as they were gathering together. I saw them talking about the events that have taken place. Oh my goodness! Wow, it was really Jesus. Wow, it was really the Son of God. Wow, He died, but wow, He rose again. And man, remember the time that he, you know, that, oh man, that guy rose from the dead and there was water to wine and wow, I, mean, I, I just, it's just, it's just crazy what, what happened and man, remember when, man, I went to school with Jesus and man, you remember when he did that at school and, and 
you know, and they were talking. They would have been talking and so excited about what took place. Man, I saw him go up into the heavens. I saw him ascend. Man, I was in crazy. And I didn't even know that there was an angel next to me. And, you know, they would have been just so excited. And just there would have been such a buzz of, of um, I saw a, 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 like a unity of um, excited camaraderie. The church gathered together. And so I saw this as us, the church, gathered together with united camaraderie, excited camaraderie about what God is doing. And so this is what I felt. I'm like, oh, gosh, God, you, you want this for us as a, as a church, the excited camaraderie, the boasting in him. Yours is the glory. Oh, whoa, this is what you're doing. Fix our eyes on him. Give him the glory, boasting in him. And so... Then I saw the, the picture of the, in the upper room, Holy Spirit came and acceleration took place. 3,000 saved in one day. 3,000. And then it, pro, it took off from there. The church was, was birthed. So as we gather together, this is what I feel, as we gather together, as we talk about the things of God, point to Him, as we boast in Him, talk about what He's doing amongst us, talk about what He's going to do, what He's yet to do, talk about it, boast in Him, and acceleration will take place. So we're talking about it. The first meeting, three meetings, right, in the space of one week. At the end of June, the first meeting, all the facts were laid out and the numbers were, you know, the numbers were on the table and it left the sound of a very natural no-go. Very natural no-go. That was the facts. That's the, the, way, the way it was. The facts was no-go. The strange thing is, during the meeting, I'm sitting there and I've got a bubbling up inside of me There's a no-go, definite no-go. But inside of me, I've got bubbling up excitement, excitement and faith bubbling up inside of me. Then straight away I see Gideon and Joshua. And I'm like, God, this is all happening probably in the space of, you know, one minute, I don't know. Um, And I see Gideon Gideon and Joshua. I'm like, oh, what's this, Lord? And I see the, if you look to the, look up Joshua, and you see that God uh, instructed him to lead the army or the church, the, the people, around the walls of Jericho. And he said, I'm going to bring down those walls. You just do what I say. Be obedient. Say yes. And so the wall, and then the walls come down. Mir- miracle takes place. And I'm like, oh, I'm sitting there in this meeting, no go. And I've got Joshua and I've got walls coming down. Then I see Gideon and I'm like, oh, Gideon. And I see this army being whittled down. And, and, and I knew from the story of Gideon that it, it was around that God wanted the glory. He wanted the glory, not man. So he needed the army to be whittled down to a few. And then he only gave them the trumpet and the torch and said, go. And then actually God took out, won the battle because it needed to be God, not fantastic people, which we have fantastic people, but it needs to be God. And so I'm sitting there going, oh, whoa. So anyway, we're in this meeting. It's a no-go. That meeting ends, and I'm like, oh, um, I 
I'm either going to be seen to be maybe a crazy lady or, like, you know, I mean, I can share this, yes, but also, so I may be seen as a crazy lady, but also I know my position as well. And so, I, you know, I felt that I needed to go and find, I needed to go and ask some prophetic friends for um, some clarity. Um, I guess it was me putting out the fleece, really. And so this is the message that I wrote to some prophetic friends in a different country, outside of New Zealand. I wrote, we and our eldership are needing some clarity from the Lord right now. So if you have anything, we would be very grateful to hear. That night, Steve McCracken wrote, and he, he said, he said this, I'm not going to read it all out. If you want the word, I can send it to you. Um, he says, he, he sees the word in capital letters, proceed. There, and that he gets the sense of a greater faith journey that Father is taking you on as a leadership and as a church. Father is always doing more than what the figures show. Can't you just hear him say that? <laughs> Steve, uh, Steve went on to say, that he gets the sense of, and then in capital letters he wrote, acceleration, about to take place. Then he wrote, remember, you're not responsible for fruit and results. You're responsible for obedience, faith, and love. Awesome. Sherrod and I are in there, whoa, wow. Okay. Next day comes around Wednesday. is an elders meeting at lunchtime. One of the elders in the room um, shares with us that they had had a, a God encounter uh, the night, that night, actually not much sleep, but a God encounter had taken place, which is fantastic. I shared the word that Steve gave, and we had discussed and prayed. There was still a bit of a, oh, oh, okay, what's happening? What do we do? Give us wisdom, Lord. That, um, that night... Helen Calder, some of you may remember Helen Calder, she came here a few years back. She writes, now remember that she knows nothing, Steve knows nothing. Um, I'm not going to read all of what Helen wrote, but again, if you want it, I can send it to you. This is some of what she wrote. This is what I've seen as I've been praying for you. I saw a tower with multiple levels or stories, and the fleeting impression was that the levels were uniform and the tower seemed to be in the shade. Then I saw this tower suddenly stretch, morph upwards. The top level or floor was transformed. The top level had a balcony. This level contained a bright light that originated at the very centre or heart of it. The light poured out through the open balcony and streamed out beyond. So the tower was transformed into both tower and lighthouse. Helen went on to point out a few things from the vision. One of them was this. A transformation from being a tower to being both tower and lighthouse. In the Bible, a tower speaks of protection, refuge, lookout, and so on. A tower may exist primarily for its occupants and the immediately surrounding land. But a lighthouse today exists to protect and save those who are further away, who are outside the boundary lines. And the emerging structure 
was both. Isn't that awesome? So for those of you that don't know, the property that we are, we've said yes to purchase, there is a tall building on that property. Helen knew nothing. Steve knew nothing. Next day comes around and it's the third meeting, Thursday night meeting, and a decision needs to be made. Another elder shares in that meeting um, that they had had a significant personal encounter that morning in their quiet time like they'd never had in their life before. So awesome. Um, The prophetic words are then shared, and as you heard last week, unanimous decision was made to go forth. But I've got to say, it was, we were all a bit like, what just happened? Type of a yes, go forth. (laughs) Wow, this is God. This is God. So the no go turned to go forth. Go forth. It was truly miraculous. Miracles have taken place and are continuing to take place. I couldn't wait to uh, reply to Steve and to Helen and to thank them and honour them, the gifts on their lives. And Helen replied with um, that she continued to pray and said that the Lord says he's turning real estate into released estate. Isn't that awesome? Steve replied with, everyone wants to walk on water, but not many people want to get out of the boat. Now is the time for miracles and to truly see God's kingdom come and his will be done on earth as it is done in heaven. We are out of the boat, church, together. We're out of the boat. (laughs) Yeah, give God a hand. (laughs) We're out of the boat. We're in this together. We're walking on water. We've got to continually say yes to him. We've got to continually boast in him, to continually have the attitude of gratitude in him. Uh, As I say, uh, miracles are still continuing to take place. We need to continue to pray. Um, One of the things that Sheridan had said during that week in particular, he had said, it's like a, you know, he's kept, seeing like a storm, there's a, like a storm, and he kept seeing, seeing or hearing those words of Jesus when they were on the storm, and Jesus said, peace, be still to the waters. And so the day after the decision was made, I was reading a prophetic blog from Helen Calder, and it was around storms, and she encouraged, she, she felt that people were going through storms and to to there is a declaration needed of peace, be still. I was like, whoa, he's God again. And then another thing that Sheridan had kept saying that week was um, Jonathan. If you don't know the story of Jonathan with his armor bearer, you know, there's a, there's, there's, the, there's a battle going on and they, the troops are coming and he's like, Jonathan's like, man, perhaps, perhaps the Lord will help us, you know, like you and me, come on, let's go, take them on, perhaps the Lord will will help, and so Sheridan, you know, was seeing that and going, man, perhaps, he was just feeling like that, perhaps, perhaps, well, an email comes in the day after this, after all of this, an email comes in, takes us straight to that passage of Jonathan going, perhaps the Lord will help us, just last week, another email comes in with a prophetic word, 
pointing to Gideon again and, and pointing to boasting, the importance of boasting in the Lord alone, that he would be glorified. Isn't that wonderful? So Jesus chose the 12 apostles. He chooses us. He chooses us. He chooses, no matter whether we're smart or whether we're not so smart or, you know, however we're feeling, he chooses us. He chooses us. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 26 to 31. 1 Corinthians 1, 26 to 31. It says, Remember, dear brothers and sisters, that few of you were wise in the world's eyes or powerful or wealthy when God called you. Instead, God chose things the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise. He chose things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. God chose things despised by the world, things counted as nothing at all, and used them to bring to nothing what the world considers important. As a result, no one can ever boast in the presence of God. God has united you with Jesus Christ. For our benefit, God made him to be wisdom itself. Christ made us right with God. He made us pure and holy. He freed us from sin. Therefore, as the scriptures say, if you want to boast, boast only about the Lord. And that's, uh, as when it refers back, it's, that's Jeremiah 9, 23 and 24. If you want to boast, boast only about the Lord. And so we need to boast in the Lord. And so that's why I tell you some of these things that have taken place, because we need to boast in the Lord. It is the Lord. It, it is Him who is leading and guiding us. It is Him when we step out onto the waters that is with us. We need to keep our eyes on Him, have a continual yes attitude to Him, the teachable spirit, one that would follow, one that would boast in Him. So say yes to Him. Boast in Him. Boast in Him. Romans 12 verse 3 says, Don't think you're better than you really are. <laughs> quite cute, isn't it? Don't think you're better than you really are. I think that was something about those 12. Yep, Judas Iscariot didn't get it quite right there. But having that attitude of don't think you're better than you really are, that goes on to say, be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Measure ourselves by the faith God has given us. He chooses us. We've got to continually say yes to him, boast in him. And also, I just want to say the importance, as we say yes to him, as we boast in him, the importance of encountering him, encountering him. He chooses you. He chooses me because he loves you. He loves me. He loves us. He chooses us. And so have that continual encounter with him, allow him to encounter you with his love. Continually encounter him. So I wanted to con conclude. Judas Iscariot didn't get it quite right. Didn't get it quite right. Peter didn't get it quite right. None of them actually got it quite right. And I don't get it quite right. And I'm guessing maybe you guys don't get it quite right all the time. But Jesus still chooses us. 
he still chooses us. And I want to encourage us. You know, I, I read this little saying, failure isn't final unless you don't get back up again. Failure isn't final unless you don't get back up again. You know, Jesus came to Peter and he said, come on, come on, let's move on. Let's get past this. Get back up again. Get back up. So there may be some people here that just feel like I just need to get back back get back up again, realign, say yes, realignment. Jesus always offers hope and encouragement to go again. He took our place on the cross. It's about him, boasting in him. He died, he rose again for us. It's because of his death and resurrection that we get to hit the reset button. We get to get get up again, boasting in him, saying yes to him every single day saying yes to him today. That's what he requires for a relationship and for mission with him. That's what I reckon he saw in those 12, is saying yes, saying yes to him for relationship and mission. Will we say yes? And so I want to give opportunity to respond to him now. How about we close our eyes and give privacy for the people around us? Some of us may be in that place of going, I need to say yes afresh today, a yes of realignment to him today. Maybe just gone a little bit to the left, a little bit, little bit to the right. Maybe you need to realign to him today. I want to give opportunity for you to respond. And also, if you want to say yes to him for the very first time of going, wow, you choose me? Oh, wow, I want to say yes to you. Heavenly Father that absolutely loves you so much that he sent his son, Jesus, on the cross to die, to rise again so that you might be able to have relationship, intimate relationship with him. You might want to say yes to him for the first time. So those two things, if you want to respond to him, say yes to realignment, to say yes to him for the first time. If you want to do that, would you give me a wave? And I would love to pray for you. Just give me a quick wave. I want to say yes to him today. Awesome. Is there anyone else? Awesome. Thank you. Anyone else? Father, that you choose us. God, I thank you for these ones that have responded to you right now. Thank you. Thank you for them. I thank you that you see them, that you love them. I thank you that you're ecstatic at their yes to you. I thank you that you reciprocated with a huge, great big yes back to them. Father, I pray that you would pour out your love upon these ones. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that you will lead them forward. You take them by the hand. I thank you that you never leave us or forsake us. 
So Heavenly Father, pour out your blessing upon these ones today as they say yes to you. Thank you. Thank you for making the way. Thank you, Jesus, for going to that cross for us. Thank you. We boast in you today. We boast in you and what you have done, what you are doing, what you are yet to do. Thank you for the journey that you're taking us on as a church. Thank you for miracles taking place. Thank you for the miracles that are yet to come. We thank you. Help us to continually fix our eyes on you, to continually say yes to you, to obey, to respond when you ask us to step out, to respond yes to you. Give us courage, Heavenly Father, each and every day. Give us courage. Give us strength. Thank you for peace. Thank you for peace amongst any storms. Thank you that we get to live with your peace every single day. I thank you for your peace released upon people's lives right now. Peace. Supernatural peace. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We give you all glory. We honour you today, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. So church, we are in Miracle Zone. We're in Miracle Zone. We've stepped out of the boat. We're walking on water. We're doing this together. Fantastic. Last Sunday night, Pastor Dom, he spoke a prophetic word to us as a church And he spoke from Acts chapter 12, verse 5 onwards. And it says, But the church prayed earnestly. But the church prayed earnestly. Following that, an angel turned up. Iron gates were opened. Peter walked out of the jail. A miracle took place. But what happened first? But the church prayed earnestly. We are a praying church. And so I want to encourage us, like Pastor John did, that into this prophetic message that he brought last Sunday night, to not give up. He spoke around not giving up, not giving up. Luke 18, the persistent widow, keep on praying. But the church prayed earnestly and miracles took place. We're walking on water. We're in the miracle zone. Keep on praying. Keep on praying. Say yes to Him. Boast in Him. Be blessed. How about you give it up for God? Great. Thank you, Pastor Jan. Let's put our hands together. Thank you, Jan. Really appreciate what you've shared. Yeah. Yes to God and yes to boasting in Him. It's good.